0: Hello and welcome back to the Test Drive Podcast brought to you by Sport Car USA. I'm your host, Lee Baudet. Welcome to another edition of our Test Drive Podcast. I'm your host, Lee Baudet. I'm also the host of Test Drive on the YouTube channel. We hope you can check that out sometime. Been in radio broadcasting for over 40 years, host of SportCar USA, and a car enthusiast my entire life so again welcome everybody scott nickerson is with us from sport car usa and he's doing the producing of this podcast and also with us is matt artist of handy chevrolet and matt tell us all about yourself Uh, we mentioned you're at handy chevrolet in st albans but how'd you get started and where are you up to now
1: yeah, so thank you for having me. I appreciate the opportunity and uh, glad to be here, especially being a part of the Handy family. It's kind of nice to to tie our whole lot in uh, together um, to do this collaboration. So my name's Matt Artis. I've been here for eight years um, in sales. Um, I always worked production. I uh, went to school for business management, uh, got my degree, um, and then I found a sales job that I really liked, but we were getting really slow and they were gonna lay me off. I just had this weird suspicion. So I came up and spoke with Dan and Jason, And they basically hired me on the spot,
0: and so the rest is history. Um, Yeah, handy Chevrolets in St. Albans, Vermont, which is where Sport Car USA is based out of. And, Matt, you also do a little dabbling with Sport Car USA. We'll get into that a little bit later on. But I understand that you've been to a number of trainings through Chevrolet, the Chevrolet trainings that they offer. Camaro. Corvettes. What type of training and where did you go for these trainings?
1: Yeah, so when you sell a product like the Chevrolet Corvette um, or the uh, Chevrolet Camaro, they really want you to stand behind the product, uh, know the product. Um, so they send us to Monticello, uh, New York, which is a raceway. Um i think they have a horse racing track too in a casino but yeah. um it's a great time and they put on a whole show the, they pull out all the stops um you get to test all the cars you walk up to the racetrack and you got 40 corvettes sitting there running <laughs> uh you get your gear on um you get a helmet on and you get behind the track or get on the track uh, behind a pro driver and you drive the car yourself um and then you know you learn what the car can perform like so that you can relay that to the customer so when i get back from these trainings i'm amped up i'm ready to go and uh you know that's the easiest time to sell a car, sell a sports car is when you come back from training because you're all you yeah, know like, m- knowledge is fresh right. um and you know that and you can feel what 455 horsepower in a camaro feels like and uh you know 595 or 495 excuse me or 490 and a and a chevrolet corvette c8 so um it's been a great. Experience. Experience and uh, certainly a lot of fun.
0: Yeah, uh, sounds like we should do a test drive episode with with one of these trainings. Sounds like it'd be a lot of fun for sure. <laughs> it would be. So let's break it down a little bit. Camaro. We'll start with the Camaro. What was that like for you to go to the track and test out the Camaro? What year was it?
1: Yep. So this was in twenty. 19, I believe, just before the pandemic hit. Once the pandemic hit, there was a couple of years of uh, no training. But um, in 2019, we got to test drive the SS on the track um they were almost all ss's there was a couple uh one ss's mixed in there and they basically videotaped you in the car so you could see what you look like how many g's you were doing around corners um it was it was basically like an indie track so you weren't just going in an oval circle you were you know cutting in and out of turns it was a lot of fun um and they make sure you know top to bottom what the car is, how it compares to the competition, uh, Mustangs, any any car that is in the same line. Um, and then they get, get into you and give you the driver experience where you get to drive them and put them to the test. Um, and the pro driver that's in front of you leading, he'll go as fast as you can go, basically. So if you keep up with him, he's he's on the foot. So uh, you didn't have anybody sitting right beside you? No, nope. You had the car to yourself? Uh, the car was all to myself. Nice. Yeah, it nice. was pretty awesome. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, once you get done with the SS uh, division, they actually bring in a hot lap and a ZL1 Camaro. Ooh. So you can feel what that uh, 650 horse feels like. Um, so and that was spectacular uh, to have a pro driver. So I was
0: in the passenger seat. The pro driver was driving me and they it's insane. What apparently. kind of rules do they lay down? I mean, it seems to me like whenever I go to these trainings, and I've only been to a couple, no Corvettes or, or Camaros, but. There's always one or two of the quote-unquote drivers, people such as yourself, that really don't obey the law. Yeah. (laughs) They don't obey the rules, I should say. (laughs) Do do they they lay down the law, so to speak, and say, hey, you know, you can only go so fast or no burnouts, things like that? Uh, I mean, it's kind of just respect to not do a burnout. But you're... uh,
1: basically the hot uh the dri- the pro driver will say if you can keep up with me we'll keep going so i mean we were doing 130 into turns whoa so you're you know you're cooking high speeds it's- is it a bank track yep yeah nice. bank track but indie like so you kind of cut over the it's almost like a checkered flag yep. in turn
0: um and just just a lot of fun how much fun. control did you feel that you had Did you feel in total control of that? Total control. control. So when those those
1: cars and specifically are in, um, um, I'm blanking on it now. When they're in traction control, excuse me. When they're in traction control, you have full control because there's no slip because it's always looking for traction. So you can pretty much lay on the gas pedal. And give it almost as much as you can. Um, And the car's just going to know how to handle. Um, When you get in the car, they're already in track mode. Um, They ask you not to do it manual, but manual paddle shift. But you always find yourself trying it out just because. Yeah, yeah.
0: And I know whenever I bought a sport car and it has track control, traction control, I've been told do not take that off unless you're on the track. And you're saying it it was still on when you were on the track. Did everybody... Anybody ever take the traction control off? Or?
1: I'm sure they did, um, but you never really stopped. Like once you went, you right. were going around the track until you were done. Okay. You know, you do yeah. like three laps, I think, and you're done. Um, but when that traction control's on, you can really lay into the
0: car and it won't
1: spin out yeah. on you. Yeah, you your ass yeah. is not
0: going to come up and say hello.
1: Exactly. Yeah, right,
0: right. So that's the Camaro experience from Matt Artis, who's with us from Handy Chevrolet in St. Albans, Vermont. Matt, what was it like with the Corvette? So because
1: it was at the same raceway, it's very similar as far as that goes. Um, the only thing that we didn't get to do is go in a hot lap on the flat plane crank uh, Z06 Corvette. Nice. Um, so we didn't get to do that, but we did get to take a hot lap in a regular C8. Um, that was that was awesome, too. Um to be just under 500 horse, uh, they do that on purpose with Chevrolet, so your insurance is a little bit less than <laughs> what a over 500 horsepower yeah. uh, would call for for auto insurance. Heard so that, that was specifically designed that way. Um, but very similar structure. Uh, learning the car inside and out, what the capabilities are, what the differences are between a standard C8 and the Z06, um, and the Z06 is is a pretty high highly sought after car and pretty hard
0: to get what year was the Corvette and did they have different models like the Z06 there and they had Z06 on display but they had C8s all the way from the
1: 1LTs all the way to 3LTs Um, and the year uh, 21
0: 21 yeah
1: so right when COVID started ramping down a little
0: bit they opened it up and allowed us to go to the track and that was that was phenomenal I would say anybody that buys a Camaro or a Corvette should have an opportunity to track it right i agree yeah and don't they offer that to the general public
1: people that buy cars like that they do yeah Yeah. if you buy a chevrolet corvette you can go to chevrolet corvette school
0: in las vegas nevada and it's pretty spectacular yeah yeah I've got a 2020 Corvette, as you know, because you guys sold it to me. My favorite over pair. at Handy Chevrolet, <laughs> and uh, I have not tracked it yet. But I, uh, after listening to you, I really should make that appointment.
1: Yeah, you should because it's a lot of fun. Yeah. It is, and and you really don't know the capability of your yeah. car
0: until you get on the track. Right, right. You, I, I would imagine that your confidence just uh, is so much better knowing about this car and driving that car in those conditions absolutely that you i'm not going to say you are fearless but you know you're in control at absolutely all times.
1: yeah yeah you get a lot of confidence built up from driving it on the track if you drive on the road you're like oh my god this is a walk in the park but on yeah. the track it's next level so so
0: what was I'm, the difference between a corvette and a camaro on the track
1: uh so your downforce on the corvette is a little better um camaro has a higher stance so it doesn't have quite the downforce that the corvette did so i personally i thought the corvette handled a little better when Mm -hmm. you're going into like a 90 degree s turn um versus the camaro but both and like i said traction control on you just it's amazing how much control you actually have and you do feel some slide you know, when oh, you're yeah. going around the track, it's a lot of it's a
0: lot of fun. So I know when I had my C7, you might remember that one as well. It was I the do. yellow one. Yeah. It was like glue on the road. Yeah. I, I was not afraid at all. I mean, once I got in it and and uh, fooled around with it a little bit, uh, the only time I was scared was when I, my elbow, you know where that traction control is? Right in the center console area. <laughs> yeah. My elbow hit it off one time and I was showing off and I decided I wanted to like burn out a little bit. And man, oh man, scared the hell hell out of me i bet it did yeah the cars can really
1: <laughs> let loose if the traction controls off yeah definitely. you're gonna leave some rubber down <laughs> yes yes
0: so what's the future on the camaro we keep hearing rumors so
1: 2023 contract uh end date i think is scheduled for january of 24 believe it or not but i think that's the end of uh of camaro as we know it so we'll s- stay tuned to see if they release anything new with chevrolet um they've talked for years about Uh, El Camino, um, they've talked about um, like a Nova. So we'll see if they bring something else out. I hope that they do because I think there's a lot of Camaro lovers out there that hate to see it go. Um, But if you have a 23 out there or you can find one, snatch them up because you can't get them after this year.
0: I was going to say very collectible. Absolutely. You really should try to get your hands on one if you can. Absolutely. And in your eyes, do you feel that the Camaro will ever come back? I don't ever... It's a long time, but do you think it'll come back in your lifetime? I do, yeah.
1: I do, too. Yeah, I think it's it's way too world-renowned of a vehicle to not come back around because they've had it for so many years. Um, breaks my heart to see it go, but um, hopefully we'll see it back in the near future.
0: And the future of the Corvette going all-electric. With the 2024 model, is it?
1: Yeah, I haven't heard much on that front. Um, But just like the Hellcat and Charger, they're going that way, I guess. So um, we'll see what the future brings. There's still a lot of gasoline engine lovers out there, and I think it's going to be hard to turn those uh, into electric. But who knows what our future holds. Electric is pretty impressive because it's like turning on a light switch. That power is there. So it's pretty instant.
0: Well, that really brings us around to, brings us full circle, Matt, because it brings us to Sport Car USA, where we specialize in modern muscle cars your impression of sport car USA because you're part of it too you've sold some cars for sport car USA
1: yeah absolutely it's great to just have a platform where we're specifically allocating our time and energy um, and advertising money uh, to put it out there that you have a place here in your local community where you can come up and buy a sports car you can test drive one you can check them out And uh, it's nice just to have that center point where you can go and have an exclusivity of sports cars only. You know, Uh, a lot of people that are in the market for a sports car, they want that, you know, undivided uh, sports car enthusiast feeling. And you get that when you go to Sports Car USA, which is great.
0: Yeah. And with the EVs coming and the Camaro leaving, the Challenger leaving, uh, a few others down the road, I'm sure sport car usa is going to be the one-stop shop where you can get that modern muscle car and gas engine engine vehicle
1: absolutely yeah, yeah. and the classic cars too yeah um, they've got some nice older stuff down there that's yeah. nice so that that's really great to have at our fingertips for sure so what do you drive matt I drive a GMC Sierra, uh-huh. uh, fifteen hundred diesel. Um, I hear you. I get thirty miles a gallon <laughs> with my pickup truck. And I can tow nine thousand pounds. It's pretty sweet.
0: Mm, you're an uh, outdoorsman, I know.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Doing a, we own a house in Franklin. We've been there for five years now, and uh, we love it being close to Franklin County community and. Um, Being able to serve our customers at the highest level is great and um, definitely love the outdoors for sure.
0: All right, Matt. Well, give us your best pitch on why people should get a hold of Matt Artis at Handy Chevrolet in St. Albans for their next vehicle. If you want a world-class experience, I
1: can give you that. And that's sure. just being straight up, and I don't just care about the sale, and I relay this to my customers, and almost every one of them that I've sold to can tell you this. I'm not here just to sell you a car. I want to be here through your entire ownership and for 10 cars down the road. Um, so I think laying that foundation right from the jump uh, helps uh you know, create that trust. And I feel like a lot of my sales, uh, lead to friendships. So I don't just have customers to me. Yeah. They're my friends.
0: So, yeah, and it's family, it's a great.
1: A lot of fun. Yeah. A lot of fun. I Absolutely. love the car business. Yes.
0: Yes. So do I. That's why I'm in it. <laughs> That's so. right. So Matt, tell us about your very first car that you ever owned. <laughs> my dad uh, was an on the road salesman. So yeah. he, uh, had
1: a 1998 Chevy Lumina. I think it was a 98. Um, 220,000 miles. I drove it for a week, and it died.
0: So that was the end of that. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> it,
1: it's it's basically an Impala is what it is. But yeah.
0: Yeah, So did um, you sell it, or what happened with that car? No,
1: it just died. And it I, just died. I don't even know. I think we brought it to the junkyard or something, but yeah, that was... It's bringing back the one memories. of the th-
0: yeah, one of the things I've mentioned before on this podcast is I like going to junkyards, yeah, and I wish the cars could talk. You just sit there and you you look at a car, and it's like you wonder what the history is. On oh, that car. the stories they yeah, can tell, yeah, exactly. It's
1: amazing, yeah, yeah. My dad's told me some stories about yeah. some old '69 Caprices and Chevelles and yeah. Novas. That
0: you know, it's yeah. funny how people's first car always seems to begin with their mom or their dad or their brother or their sister. Yep, So absolutely. So with that, after one week in the junkyard pretty much, what was your next car? My next car was my dad's pickup truck. <laughs> um,
1: he he uh, handed that over to me, but that was a nice one. That was a 1990 GMC Sierra, regular cab, fleet side. Um, and that, that, that truck was awesome. That brought me all through high school and then uh, – And I ended up selling that truck and just living off the money in college and buying an old beater. Uh, I I got a Volkswagen Jetta after that. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah dad never said hey if you sell that truck anytime you sell it make sure I get the money no nope, no nope. he wanted good. me to have it, it was yeah. a gift so okay. yeah
1: he wanted me to have it and either live on it or invest he didn't want me to work through college he wanted me to work on school through college so he wanted me to sell it and be able to just you know buy the odds and ends stuff that I needed in college right um, so he allowed me to
0: use the money for that which Lo- nice loyalty for is a big thing with most car buyers And I'm sure you've seen this. I know you've seen this, Matt, at Handy Chevrolet. What does that mean to you? Like, I know people that, hey, you know what? They they grew up, their father was a GM person. Their father was a Ford person. And there's no way the Ford person or the GM person was going to switch. They were going to stick with GM. They're going to stick with Ford. They're going to stick with Chrysler. Correct. You see that all the the time, don't you? Yeah. My
1: father is one of those people. Yes, yeah. Our whole... Uh, driveway has been Chevrolets as long as (laughs) I can, uh, except for my GMC Sierra. My dad had an old 1980 pickup that we called Old Blue. I mean, it just... It's been decades of Chevrolet. So when I went to and I started learning that I like sales, I knew Chevrolet was like, it's right down the road. It's a perfect spot. You knew about them. Yeah. And I'm born and raised in this community. So I know a lot of people. My dad sold heavy equipment. My mom's a hairdresser. They know a lot of people. Yeah. Um, So I've been
0: able to use that um, to help me through my career for sure. Do you think that's changing at all? with the younger generation, you grew up with your dad being a GM person. I grew up with my dad who was a Ford person and I find myself all over the place. Now initially it was Ford for me and then Mercury, which is kind of part of the Ford, right? Same family. Do you think that's changing at all with the younger generation? Are they still staying with the brand that they grew up with, with their parents? So
1: my perspective on that is that we're in a very, uh, instant gratification, uh, part of life or whatever decade now um, where people just they they have a want and they want to fill that want or need and they don't aren't brand specific like they used to be I mean I'm sure there's still some loyalty out there um, as far as that goes um, a lot of my customers have been buying for me for years and they just love Chevrolet so um, you know I think there is some but I do think they're we're varying away from it a little bit with our younger generation for sure
0: I definitely think the market has changed because it's saturated with choices. There are a ton of choices out there. But I'm a lot older than you. I grew up with like Pontiacs. They're gone. Oldsmobiles. They're gone. So where did these people go once those manufacturers were gone? Well, I think
1: uh, some of those, obviously, are GM-related. So they just transitioned to a
0: different GM vehicle. Um, That's my... My two cents on it, right? But the younger people today they they just seem like I'm going to get whatever I think is cool or whatever exactly you know instant gratification. Yeah, like you said, it doesn't matter that it's it's not a GM or it's not a Ford, it's not a Chrysler, exactly kind of thing. Yeah, you touched a little bit on the pandemic, and we were actually talking prior to the podcast about the pandemic, how it's affected so many different people in so many different ways. How has that affected you, Matt, at your Chevrolet dealership? So people
1: pre-pandemic were very accustomed to coming in. They right down to the color options. You know, now it's sell what you can see, not see what you can sell. Mm -hmm. So if I have a blue one on the lot and you want red, you're probably going to drive home in a blue one. So, uh, options have become less, um, allocations, which are orders that we get from general motors. Um, those are less of, and a lot of times they'll be unique, like. They'll give us a, a Chevrolet Silverado, but it can only be an LTZ and it can't have the tech package. It can't have, you know, adaptive cruise control, uh, the 360 camera view. There's a lot of things that are on constraint due to chip shortages. That's been our biggest struggle. Um, so therefore, inventory down because inventory is down, programs are down. Um, and in relation to sports cars, those allocations are very few and far between. Mm. We've probably sold this year, uh, probably this year and last year, I would say 10 C8s and probably two or three of those have been our factory orders. Everything else we're buying from dealerships or dealer only auctions that have, you know, 90 miles on them, 300 miles, 2000 miles, just to have something to sell, um, And people are open to buying used cars now, I think, more than they ever have before um, because there's just no options out there for new cars. And that's
0: increased the price of the used cars.
1: Of course, yeah. Um, Yeah. Especially when you lose programs, you lose. So programs drive prices. So if there's less programs, your trade's worth more. If there's more programs, your trade's worth less. It's all relative to the market for sure.
0: So we're going into the third year once the pandemic... uh, hit until now, we're into the third year, there's still a shortage of vehicles. And I would imagine that every day, maybe not every day, people will come to you and they're in disbelief that they can't order what they want specifically. Yeah. And then when you tell them it's the same way all over the country, there's more disbelief.
1: There is. Yeah. People don't want to believe you because they want what they want when they want it. Um I had a guy call me yesterday Wanted to order a Camaro and I said listen I'll call you when I get an allocation and we'll lock up the order um, it takes about three months to get an order in but it could take you six months to get a order to fill so that could be a nine month wait um, It could I could get one next week and you could be driving it in two and a half or three months so it really varies on what kind of car you're looking for um, electric cars are extremely hard to come by right now because the ones that we have that are coming in um, are snatched up a week before we get them Um, so you don't even get those to sell once they're on the lot you can't even show them because they're sold so it's become uh, it's become very competitive Um, buyers are racing to get the same car Um, so but it has helped on the flip side for people getting more for their trade. Um, So, you know, it all washes out, I think.
0: And from a GM perspective, since you sell Chevrolets, what is the allocation process like? How does that work?
1: So every Thursday, General Motors releases their allocation list for us. I'll give you an example. This week, we got nothing. Mm. Not one order all week that we can fill.
0: This is the week of July 4th in 2023 he's talking about.
1: Amazing. (laughs) So last week, we got eight. I think in total. Um, so it really is hit or miss. Uh, most of those are uh, family SUVs um, and trucks. That's mostly what we sell. Very few uh, sports cars, electric cars, those are becoming fewer and farther between, um, which makes it tough for people to believe that you don't get an allocation or can't get an allocation. Um, a lot of people post or pre-pandemic were used to coming in and you'd find them a vehicle at Schubacher, Chevrolet, whatever the dealership is. Um, And now you're not doing that because those dealerships don't want to give up their bread and butter inventory.
0: We were talking earlier about some of the cars that are no longer going to be manufactured. That also includes sedans. Correct. You know, you've had, what, the Impala that went away? Impala, Cruise. Uh, I haven't seen
1: a Sonic or a Spark in a while. I don't know if they discontinued it, um, but I haven't seen it. Yeah. Um, so they're definitely discontinuing. Uh, they redesigned the Chevrolet Trax 2024 to a front-wheel drive only. So that took place of some of the cars. The Chevrolet Malibu is still available. Um, so you can get that. I wish they'd come out with an all-wheel drive sedan, personally. Yeah. I think that
0: would be a gold mine, but Especially in northern Vermont, which is y- where we live. Yes. Nobody wants a front-wheel drive. No. And I remember when front-wheel drive was the thing. It's like, you, oh, you won't believe this. It's great in the snow. Now you can't get rid of a front-wheel drive vehicle.
1: Yeah. I try to sell them and just say, hey, look, for years we drove front-wheel drive. Yeah. So why not just throw a good set of snow tires on it, and it's just no different than an all-wheel drive. So there there are ways. It's just whether your customer wants to manipulate their buying decision based on what
0: you're trying to sell. Is there a dream vehicle in Matt Artis's brain that you're thinking of getting someday?
1: Yeah, I would. I think personally, um, I think my ultimate would be a 1970 Chevelle. Mm-hmm. But if I were to pick something new, I would love a 2023 20, two uh, SS with leather uh, convertible Camaro. That's what I would really love. Uh, Standard transmission, of course. Um, <laughs> and they make some nice colors now, so I'd have to pick on that. But uh, the Camaro would be probably right up
0: there for me that's funny because in prior podcasts i've mentioned that my dream car or cars would be like a chevelle or an Olds 442 correct yeah i just there's something about the rumble and the sound of that exhaust
1: exactly yeah beautiful yeah my dad had a 69 camaro growing up and a 1972 chevelle (laughs) so i've always been accustomed to that and uh, the look the sound um and the ease of working on it. Yes. You can open the hood, and you don't have to take 15 plastic pieces yeah. off to get to the carburetor. <laughs> so, true. Uh, so true. You know,
0: and... and then how do you put it back together? Even, yeah.
1: Exactly. So, uh, you know, that's what I'd like, just because they're easier to tend to and maintain.
0: Matt Artist from Handy Chevrolet in St. Albans Vermont, thank you very much for being with us. Absolutely. Really do appreciate it. Our producer again is Scott Nickerson from Sport Car USA. I want to thank everybody for listening, and me a uh, reminder that... Please check out our Test Drive series on the YouTube channel. And we'll see you next time on our Test Drive podcast. I'm Lee Det, your host. And remember, let's never forget the men and women serving this great country of ours. Goodbye, everybody.